We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, welcome in to the NBA front office show. New intro, the, the debut of the new intro. Trevor Lane, you can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I, I feel all official now that we can kick off the show with an actual intro. Yeah, me too, man. I, I think it's great. I, I think, uh, yeah, we had one way back in the day way and then when. stopped kind of using it. And then uh, what went right into us and we've, we've got on our live shows, we've got our Mega Man uh, sure. theme music, which that, or don't worry, folks, that'll still be there. We will never, never get rid of the Mega Man music. And then, uh, yeah, well, we're just having some fun, man. It's uh, it's time to introduce some new things ahead of the new season. So uh, I'm all on board. I love it. Well done. Well, and the old one was done by me. This one was done by an editor who's much more talented than, than I am and, and was made some smarter choices in terms of how concise it is and all of that. So so let us know what you think about the, the new intro. Uh, Keith, here we are, August 21st. We got some things going on around the NBA to, to dive into. We've got, well, I mean, obviously California has been dealing with, you know, the, the hurricane situation and yeah. all of that. Um, in the meantime, though, we've been dealing with, well, a very different kind of hurricane. By this evening, it is in southwestern Georgia. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. That's right. It's Hurricane Harden, and we're starting to find out a little bit more information behind the drama, which is important because the NBA has reportedly uh, initiated another investigation of the situation kind of wanted to find out like what do you mean james harden when you're calling gerald morey a liar are you lying in the sense that he promised to pay you more money on the next contract which is illegal under the cba or was it more of a trade thing well uh latest says that harden was told that he would be traded quickly and that's what he's upset about that's why he is calling gerald morey a liar and according to ramona shelburne there may be more coming here. This was just the initial the initial pain that James Harden was inflicting upon the 76ers, but it's not going to be the end of it. No, it doesn't sound like it is in there. There's been subsequent reporting and 
we try our best to credit folks for the various things they report, but this is coming from all over the place uh, with this stuff. So if we miss some, we miss some, we apologize. It, it's the nature of how much is out there yes. on this situation. So um, yeah, like you said, NBA investigating. So we'll see. Harden now apparently has told through some sources, it was about the uh, traded quickly part. Like you said, that's why he is uh, um uh, saying it's lying. It's funny. I see the little cry on at the bottom. I'm so used to a manual quickly that like it looks wrong to me. <laughs> um, it looks like it's spelled wrong because he's EY. Um, with that's that. right. So, um, that's just an aside. But anyway, then we've got uh, uh, I forget who had this report, but Harden basically said, I'm not going to training camp. So that's where it gets really messy because as we talked yeah. about, if he doesn't show up, that can cause problems from getting out of his contract at the end of the year and being able to sign with another team and all that stuff. So so we'll see you know, where that goes. Uh, there was also some reporting. I know this one was from Brian Windhorse yeah. on his podcast, uh, the Hoop Collective. Or I, think it's not, I think they changed it. I think it's not like Brian Windhorse and the Hoop Collective. Um, but anyway, he reported it was the Clippers who basically cut off the trade talks with, with the 76ers. And I'm guessing that was maybe the Clippers saying like, Hey, like it's not happening. Like, like, like we just can't get there uh, with that. And that's kind of, kind of see where it is. So I think the Clippers are, according to him, we're like the ones that were like, we're, we're out on this We're we're moving on and uh, let's go a different direction. So where does that leave? Philly and Harden and what other teams are trade suitors. I spent a lot of time this morning just kind of running through um, the teams and we're not going to do it today. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow or down the line this week. If it gets really slow, but like what is the most any of the other 28 teams that aren't the Clippers would offer for James Harden in a trade. And I'll be completely honest. It's not a lot either. Some no. teams have no ability to offer very much or their priorities are elsewhere or they just don't really need a guy like him at his age, at his salary on their roster. So I'm not sure where this one is going to ultimately land and go to, because I just don't know if they're going to be able to uh, find a you know, real trade partner that satisfies everything they want. Well, and we have to remember too, at this point, there's a, a lot of players that are not trade eligible. Even if, yeah. even if a team said, Hey, we would like to trade this guy, but he just signed a contract this past summer. Those guys aren't trade eligible until December 15th in most cases. So um, so there's a number of guys that aren't even available uh, under the CBA to be traded, and it's it's going to be a tough situation here. It's going to be tough to see ultimately where he lands if it's not the Clippers. And we've heard, you know, some rumblings that maybe he'd be open to another destination if he could go somewhere else. But I think you're right. It's hard to imagine exactly where he goes. I mean, I guess maybe could Miami if, if the Damian Lillard situation, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. If that just you know, keeps going and going and going. Does Miami at one point just pivot and, and call up the 76ers? Maybe, but I don't even know that they're great trade partners here, nor do I think that Miami would give up quite as much for Harden as they would for Lillard at this point. So I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't hate that idea for Miami. Like, I think that's not a terrible idea for getting for, for in leverage a, sake, even another guy. Yeah. Just, you know, for nothing else, like case productive and he'd be, you know, still a very productive player for them. And if it doesn't work, you're out of the contract at the end of the year and you move on uh, because presumably you're not giving up a lot. I don't know that Philly given their, you know, assumed and reported on desires to, well, I guess it's not even assumed. Daryl Morey said it 
uh, openly um, to have mm-hmm. cap space next summer. They're not going to want Tyler Hero back in that trade. So you're probably talking a trade that's centered around Kyle Lowry, unless you're really talking a third team where Hero goes off to a third team or something like that. And, and Philly gets back expiring salaries or something. But like, I don't know, like, if I was Philly, I wouldn't necessarily hate the idea of bringing in Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero, sure. throughout the whole Lillard stuff, I think it's like he's almost getting like talked down as a player. And I think Tyler Hero is a pretty good player. So I think that's, you know, I think we've gone a little too far with like, he's not good because the Blazers don't want him for Damian Lillard. Well, the Blazers don't want him because they already have other guards. Like that's, it's not really a, a thing about Tyler Hero. It's he's mm-hmm. under and uh, at a position where they already have a surplus. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm very confused where this one's going to go with James Harden just because I don't – nothing jumps out at me as there it is. There, there, There's the move. Um, and when that doesn't happen, that's when you start to think, is there like a obvious move? Like, like, is there something I'm really missing if it's not the Clippers? And, and I, after spending a lot of time on it today, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, that's and that's the the problem, right? Especially if if the 76ers are trying to have their cake and eat it too. We want to win right now. We want to be the best team we possibly can be, but we also don't want any long-term salary. Tyler Hero would help them. But there goes your money for free agency. They seem to be hell-bent on having uh cap space next summer, which they're right in the sense that it's rare for a team that has the reigning MVP, that has a team where you could sell as a win now destination and cap space. Usually teams that have cap space aren't in a position to win right now. So Daryl Morey's right in the sense that it's somewhat unique. They would be positioned, I think, ahead of other teams that have cap space in terms of being a landing spot for free agent targets. But you're trying to thread the needle here, and it's just going to be an extremely difficult thing. And it doesn't sound like James Harden is going to back off of, of his stance anytime soon, because if there was any way to do that, I would probably say that's that's your best chance. That's your best path here. Just commit to one more year together and then go your separate ways next summer. That's probably your best option right now. If you're hell bent on having that cap space for next summer, but it doesn't feel like that's something that's interesting to James Hart, at least, you know, when he's calling the GM a liar that he'll never work for again, it's probably not going to happen. So I don't know what the 76ers do here. I don't know what James Harden does here. This is a mess and training camp is getting closer every single day, Keith. Yeah. I mean, in, so a couple things on the, the point you just brought up with the the um, Harden part of all. Yeah, it seems like he's like out. I, I don't know that he has any interest in repairing that relationship, even in the slightest uh, bit there. Um, from the Philly side, here's the, the issue with the whole, like, I want to have cap space and I want to be really good right now. To your point, you you those just they don't work hand in hand. You yeah. you're bringing in guys that can help you win right now. They're probably not guys on expiring contracts. So I think the issue for Philly too with the cap space is let's say they completely clear the decks of everything. Let's say they can find a trade for PJ Tucker. They say we're going to waive Paul Reed. We're going to renounce all of our free agents, including DeAnthony Melton. Then let's just say we're also, they're going to clear away their draft pick as well. That would leave them with Joel Embiid at 51.4 million on the books and Tyrese Maxey with a cap hold of about 13 million. What would happen in that case is under the current um, salary cap projection of 142 million, and that's the official projection from the league, they'd be at about $65 million in cap space. So that is the 
absolute max cap space they can get to. Now, if it goes up eight million more, which would be if the if the cap jumped by ten percent, which is the max it can jump, they'd be at mm-hmm. about seventy three million dollars. Here's the problem though with that seventy three million dollars next year or or sixty five million pick, pick whichever one you want. Max salaries on the low end are going to be forty nine point seven million. On the high end, it's going to be like fifty two million. So what happens in that situation is you're not that's not double max space no matter what right. you know for for guys you know especially 10 plus year guys even if you drop down to the next one it's still not double max space because that's 42.6 million or on the high end right around 45 million so that's the the issue is just when you're carrying anytime any team and this is not unique to philly we've talked about this a lot with the lakers in the past when we talked about mm-hmm. how much cap space could they have anytime you're carrying a guy one single player whose salary is a third or more of the cap, you're just, it's going to be hard to fit in two more max salaries uh, under your books. You're really only getting the two max salaries. If you like clear the, the decks and you're sitting there with a whole bunch of guys on rookie scale deals, then maybe you can get to get to those double max because you're approaching a hundred million, if not over a hundred million in salary. So that's just some perspective, I hope, because I keep seeing and mm-hmm. hearing and getting asked about, well, they're going to have double max, you know, cap space. I don't think so. They're, I mean, they just ran through the numbers and they are what they are. There's no changing those numbers around. It kind of is what it is. So that's just, you know, I, I, I got to think at some point, Daryl Moore is going to have to kind of give on something. And it seems like giving some of the cap space away might be a smart move here. And then you just kind of move forward with whoever you get in the trade, Maxi, Embiid, and then you kind of, all right, do we keep Paul Reed? Do we keep a guy like D'Anthony Melton? You know, and just kind of move forward from there. Particularly particularly as we look at the situation with Joel Embiid, right? Because that's that's the other thing that's out yes. there is that there are teams already, of course there are, that are monitoring the situation because they feel like the next domino might be a Joel Embiid trade request. Um, and if that comes, oh my gosh, Keith, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to come up with some new alliterative term for. for <laughs> yeah, I don't Joel even know Embiid. what it would be. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what we would go with. We'd have to figure that. We'll we'll get we'll cross that bridge if we get to it. But the Joel jams or something, and we'd like I like, like that like 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 eighties and nineties like jam music. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Joel jams instead of jock jams. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we get like some breakdance music going on. We do a little electric boogaloo. Yep, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, so that's the other thing too. It's and I've I've always been a proponent of if you've got cap space for next summer, that doesn't mean you need to wait until next summer or whenever it is. Yep. If you have an opportunity, you can do your free essentially your quote unquote free agent shopping early and, and you eat into that cap right. space and just consider it. Consider it. Hey, in free agency, instead of going and pursuing player X on the free agent market, I'm getting Tyler hero today. And we're considering him the free agent that we picked up for the summer. That is to me, that would be a prudent approach for the 76ers because then you can sell Joel Embiid too. look, Hey, we didn't wait till next summer. We didn't wait. You're, you're turning 30. We didn't, we didn't wait and waste a year of your, of your prime. We got you a guy right now that can help you out. Let's go win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That pre-agency process we've yes. seen it. In the past, where teams jump on, I mean, the Lakers kind of did it this last year at the trade deadline, right? They went out and got a whole bunch of guys, re signed most of those guys. And, you know, as we've talked about in the past, 
the right guys, in my opinion. Um, they kept around, and they're, they're just kind of you know rolling into next year with a lot of the guys they acquired last year because they were good fits. They became a good team, and off they went. So, so that that is absolutely a way you could go with this. So we'll see. You know, Daryl Morey's a smart guy. He's been doing this a long time. I think you know he's maybe trying to. Uh, play a hand that's not great and he's bluffing a little bit here and I think the Clippers have called it and I think a couple you know other teams and I know right now Sixers fans are frustrated because they're like they wouldn't give up Terrence Mann in the trade well I'm sure it's not just Terrence Mann it's Terrence Mann plus other things and I'm guessing the Clippers are thinking hey wait a minute we're gonna have Harden Kawhi and PG three guys great players but really sketchy track records of being available and health wise. We cannot gut our roster by sending you four roster players, including Terrence Mann, who's an important player for them, you know, just to get Harden in here. Cause you're at a point where, yeah, I mean, maybe at that point does, you know, Christian Wood or Kelly Oubre look and say, all right, there's minutes there. Like I'm going to sign mm-hmm. on for the minimum and you just kind of run with it. But for right now, they're kind of sitting there saying, Hey, we're not in a spot where we can do a you know three or four for one trade, sending out a bunch of quality depth pieces and be left with not much, you know, we're running in behind this. So that that's the tricky part. All right. Let's, let's emerge from the hurricane here and uh, let's, move on let's talk about something that actually did happen in in the nba it's an actual move that took place usman garuba waved by the thunder we knew this was coming we knew this was coming ironic that we emerged from a hurricane only to enter into thunder but but nonetheless um this is we knew this was very little thunder thunder in an actual hurricane by the way that's true there's 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 not much thunder that goes on so just yeah okay okay well uh, we have any other i sidetracked you (laughs) <laughs> no, now, now I got to think like, what are the weather related teams could we go to? I guess the Seattle Storm. We can make a jump over there or sure. something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. but regardless, Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah, that's another good one. The Lightning. Yep. I mean, even the <laughs> Suns. Rain. You could say the heat, the weather. Anyway, we're we're going down. Yeah, we're way, we're we're, we're yeah, being led astray here. This we're, is down we're Augusting it as well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Augusting. Um, we knew the Thunder were going to have to wave. So they have too many players on their roster. And so now yeah. Usman Garuba is now a casualty of that. He will be waived. I think he clears waivers, $2.5 million, uh, for the on under contract team option for $4.4 million for next season. Where, what do we see happening there? Yeah, I think he probably will. Um, this is, as many, many Thunder fans have pointed out, and correctly so, both Garuba and Ty Ty Washington, who was waived at the end of last week and cleared waivers yesterday, uh, as they put out, anybody could have had those guys. The Thunder got paid to take those guys in. Uh, if we mm-hmm. remember kind of chaining the tra- transactions together, they were traded to the Hawks um, in a, you know, effectively a salary dump deal uh, by the Rockets as they were looking to clear out, you know, their full cap space to bring in all the guys that they signed this summer. Uh, and then the Hawks turned around and salary dumped these guys plus uh, Rudy Gay onto the Thunder. All three of them now, Rudy Gay, Usman Gruba, Ty Ty Washington, have all been waived. Um, you know, there. So so they're gonna be in a spot where, yeah, you know, we're 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 you know just gonna have to watch it play out at this point with with Garuba. 
I would be more aggressive than these teams seem to be on claiming players off waivers. Mm -hmm. If I had a roster spot to give, I would have been all over Ty Ty Washington. He was a first round pick for a reason. I'd be all over Garuba as well. Those are low cost players. You get them for, you know, the remainder of the rookie scale deal too, and just kind of see where it goes. The problem is, Nobody is sitting on cap space really right now. There's, there's a minimal amount left for a couple teams, but not enough to claim. So now you're talking using a trade exception to do it. And that's, you know, teams are kind of looking at it and saying, eh, I don't want them that bad. Just let them go. And then if I want to get them, I'll sign them to a minimum deal from there. And right. kind of run with it. So I think that's what happened with Washington. I think the same thing will happen with Garuba. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, they also signed Olivier Saar, but that's on a, Two-way contract, so not eating up a, a roster spot of theirs. This is something to keep an eye on around the league as you know, we start to figure out there's teams who need to sign players to roster spots, and there are a few teams who need to cut players. OKC yeah. uh, need to cut. So the Thunder, still plus three uh, in mm. roster spots. Uh, probably the top four guys for those three spots, in my opinion, are Davis Bertans, Trey Mann, Victor Oladipo, and probably Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think everybody else uh, should feel pretty confident about where they're at. Maybe Jack White um, get, gets waived. That won't be a little odd because they did um, just sign him uh, this this offseason, and they gave mm-hmm. him 600000 guaranteed. So that's more than he can't then play for their G League team if they waive him because that's too much of a too large of a guarantee to get him through to the G League. So uh, I'm thinking, you know, we, we could see, you know, one of those or th- not one, but three of those four guys. So again, Davis Bertans, Trey Mann, Victor Oladipo, and I forget who the last one I even just said was. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who was it? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm. Oh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I just, I think Isaiah Joe. They need his shooting. He's he was really good He's for them. Such a good shooter. Aaron Wiggins should stick. I just, I'm a fan of Aaron Wiggins. I think he can really play. And then the rest of the guys, there's not really even a conversation to be had because they're all uh, young rotation players. 
to be fair to the Thunder, too, because we've talked about this a lot, where when you have a million draft picks, they did not draft either Gruber or Washington. So this is really a situation where you're, this is no different than any team eating a salary and then cutting a guy. The Spurs are going to do this and all that stuff. This is this was not caused by too many draft picks, but that is coming down the line. And now what you are seeing is too many draft picks. It's probably going to cost them either Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson, or a guy like that who were draft picks that the team invested in. Mm-hmm. But guys like Garuba, Washington, uh, Bertans, if he gets waived, Oladipo, if he gets waived. And it should also be fair, too. They could trade these guys, too. They could work a trade sure. where they uh, get in and send these guys off and don't have to cut anybody. There's just not a lot of landing spots for things like that right now in the league because everybody's over the cap, and that's new cap rules on the new salary floor rules taking effect. Teams, teams got up and hit that salary floor right away. Yep, yep. This is one of the consequences of the the new CBA and the new rules, which I'm not saying they're a, a bad rule or anything like that. Just it's one of the things that, that you notice now that there's not it's not really cap space floating around for for teams to play with uh, for an, an August trade, although. I still think we see something go down, potentially see something go down with that guy in Miami as the saga continues. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yes, it's time for today's episode of the Dames of Our Lives. I love it. I love oh, it. That's drama. my like dream, dream coming to life there through <laughs> our uh, our there video partners there. I love it so much. <laughs> Damian Lillard dropping some hints on social media that yes, he would like to join the Miami Heat, doing things like unfollowing the Blaze. It's funny the way we we pay attention to this stuff. Like who a player's following? So oh, they unfollowed this account. Oh my How do people gosh. even know? Like, I don't I, like know. yeah, it's weird. Because a lot of these guys, like, they follow thousands of people. So, like, do you like comb through them? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's fun. Do you remember back in, in your early Twitter days when like you kind of knew all of your followers? Because you you just mm-hmm. like, like I remember when I had so few, it was like, Oh yeah, I kind of know who all of my followers are. Like, that's just kind of funny how how that's changed. But yeah, I mean, people are all over this stuff, and then what was he like the post where somebody was like, you need to bring this music to Miami or something like that yep. about his latest, uh, his latest uh, record that he dropped or track, or I don't know if it was a song or a full album, whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, it, it, this is non news news. Cause I think we all kind of know he wants to play for the heat, but yeah, we'll see. This is mostly, we wanted to be able to play the drop. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We'll own it. Hey, and if That's you right. guys start telling your friends like, hey, tune in because these guys play the absolute most ridiculous drops, we're we're 100% okay with that. Like, yeah. you're, you're meant to be ridiculous and fun and silly. And that, that's the idea. So so tell a friend, but don't j- just tell them, you know, hey, check out this show. And in the middle of it, you're going to get to see a, see a Dames of Our Lives drop. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all kinds of fun here on the NBA Front Office Show. <laughs> uh, last thing we've got for today. Team USA ready for the World Cup. So we saw Team USA take on uh, our old friend Dennis Schroeder and, and Germany as well as another a number of NBA players. I mean, Daniel Tice, the, the Wagner brothers, Franz and Mo, yeah. right? We had a bunch of guys uh, that were on Team Germany, which was, they were looked really good. In fact, they were up eight at halftime against Team USA, but but the U.S. wound up pulling off the win. Anthony Edwards, whew, he looked fantastic. Yeah, and he now, is. 
this USA group is 5-0 and in exhibition tune-up games, if you will, heading into the World Cup, which starts up on Saturday. So yeah, here Saturday we go. morning. Off and 8, running. 8.40 Eastern. Right. Uh, on East and early. Yes. Early, early, early. Breakfast, for sure. Yikes. Um, you can uh, catch that game is on ESPN2. Um, all of the uh, U.S. games will be on uh, regular like cable, I guess, um, there. So whether it be ESPN or ESPN2, all the rest of the games, I believe, on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, you can stream them if you want. But, yeah, that's the, the their, their first game, Saturday morning versus New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand, one of the few teams uh, in, in there without a uh, U, uh, without an NBA player. Uh, there are only – well, it's not only, but there's there's um, several countries that don't have an NBA player on their roster right now, uh, one of which is New Zealand. Also in the United States group is Jordan uh, as well. They don't have an NBA player. And then – Greece is the third team in the group with, with the U.S., and they should add a couple, but Giannis is sitting out, so now it's just the Nassus as the lone NBA yeah. player on Greece. But we've seen uh, Greek teams in the past with no NBA players give the United States a lot of trouble in, in uh, you know international play before. But Germany was tough, man. Germany is big, too. Daniel Tice, who plays solely at the five in the NBA, was their starting power forward. Franz Wagner at the three, which is pretty much his NBA position. Um, but they, they really made it hard on him. You know, Dennis Schroeder did some stuff, uh, you know, really, you know, was kind of getting wherever he wanted early on. And I thought the U.S., they didn't try to go bigger. They just went small. They went, you know, way smaller. And then they just beat them with quickness and speed. It was, what was it, an 18 0 run, I think, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter uh, as they kind of took took control uh, there. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of U.S. guys are kind of having their moment right now. Anthony Edwards and Steve Kerr said, like, he, he's the man. Like, he, he's the guy uh, for this group, which is pretty cool for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool for Anthony Edwards. Um, something I'm keeping an eye on with Team USA, it's, you know, I thought Walker Kessler was great last game i yeah. thought that it was he looked there was a noticeable difference between when walker kessler was on the floor and when paula bancaro was on the floor and i like paula bancaro a lot but i was a little confused personally as to why they went back to paulo against a big germany team i'm interested to see what kerr does it feels like that's more kerr's bread and butter is playing smaller putting paula bancaro in almost kind of a quasi draymond role i don't know that that's really in his wheelhouse right now to be that that five it's a little bit clunky so something i'm kind of keeping an eye on i think long term it makes a lot of sense sure i don't know if they're ready if they have to win a game right now if that's the way to go or i i thought kessler was good enough two games ago to where they would start going to him more often and unfortunately we didn't see him at all against germany but uh but curious to see what happens uh once we get into the world cup if they go with a more traditional big and walker kessler out there or if it, if we stick with paulo bancaro yeah and in their their I don't think they're going to be challenged in the group stage. No, at least not very much. I, you know, they should handle those three teams, New Zealand, Jordan, and Greece with relative ease. Um, but yeah, as the games get more challenging, as they get deeper, we'll, we'll see. And I think what's very, very interesting in this is they're playing a lot of drop coverage, which Walker Kessler and Jaron Jackson Jr. fit great in. Jaron mm-hmm. Jackson Jr., I mean, he fits in the defensive system you want, um, but he's been good in the drop coverage. Uh, but Ben is not as good because he's just not a great rim protector. 
I think yeah. offensively, he gives them a lot of, he can rip and run off the board. You can run offense through him because he's a very good passer. He can do a lot of things out around the perimeter. Um, that Kessler's just, he, he's more of a handoff screen guy yeah. and other things. So it's just, it's hard. So it might be one of those, what do we need right now? Do we need offense? Do we need defense? And maybe change it up. And, you know, Bobby Portis is kind of, doing what he does in the NBA too, right? Where he's just like, I'm kind of the third big and I, I do my thing when I'm out there and I just kind of, kind of go yeah. with it. So, so we'll see, but yeah, I mean, that is clearly without a doubt, the weakest part of this team's uh, makeup is that interior uh, group there. Cause I think a lot of people were worried about the shooting, but I think the shooting has been pretty good now. Maybe that's just right now. Maybe it does get a little more shaky, but I think, you know, guys like Austin Reeves, Cam Johnson, they've done a good job propping it up uh, there. And I'll say this too. I give Brandon Ingram a ton of credit because I think the sense coming in was Brandon Ingram was going to kind of be the guy. And that was early on. They were running a ton of stuff for him and through him offensively and kind of put him in that role. And and it's kind of really now that's become Anthony Edwards. Kind of yeah. thing. And I think, you know, Brandon Ingram kind of seeding that a little bit and saying, hey, go ahead, man. Like, let's go. That That's big for him to kind of sacrifice and get, give up that role to some extent uh, to Edwards. So, but it, this is a fun team. I, I kind of don't get me wrong. I love when we bring all the stars and they just destroy everybody mm-hmm. or, you know, destroy most everybody. But it's kind of fun that, you know, I think we're going to get some really competitive games and this group's going to be tested. I still think they'll win, you know, and that's, you know, partially my bias as an American coming through. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, I think they've got a good chance. And I think also what's helped is the number of guys who've dropped out of the yeah. tournament from other, other countries as well. Well, and I think what's interesting in watching the way the team plays, it's the starting group, which is so talented, but it's also very ISO heavy. It's a lot of guys where when push comes to shove, their default is I'm going to put the ball in the basket, right? You look at Jalen Brunson, you look at Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, Mikhail Bridges, maybe more of a kind of quasi spot up guy. It's evolving into a bigger, you know, one a role with, with Brooklyn. Um, and then you've got a lot of guys where that is kind of their default setting. It's, it's, I'm going to go ISO and I'm going to go score the basketball. And that creates some stagnation that hasn't been quite as fun to watch, but defensively, their upside is tremendous with Jaron Jackson Jr. Anthony Edwards has been just a destroyer of worlds in passing lanes. He's been doing great things out there. And then you flip that to the bench unit when it's Austin Reeves, when it's when it's Halliburton and the ball's pinging all over the place and you've got some you've got some fluidity to the offense again. But of course, the defensive upside isn't as high. But I'd have to imagine from the opponent's perspective to play against Team USA you're, it's almost like you're playing two completely different teams that play completely different styles between the first and the second unit. And obviously there's some mixing and matching between those units, but it's fascinating. And it's still, so far, Steve Kerr has resisted doing something like maybe putting Halliburton in the starting lineup and moving Jalen Brunson to be kind of the go-to scorer for the bench unit or something like that. And he's kept it as these kind of separate platoons to, to a degree. And I'm curious to see if that can be successful all the way through because it is such a complete difference in, in play style. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it's kind of funny. There was, um, you know, our, our buddy Josh Eberly kind of put a thing out this morning over on, on Twitter about how, you know, Hal Burton over Brunson and he, and he I, yeah, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said he likes Halliburton, but he really likes Brunson too, but he, he'd take Halliburton. And mm-hmm. like some people went, 
because it's Twitter went absolutely berserk because, you know, you, if you say I like chocolate, that means you hate vanilla. Right. So it's like, right, right, right. you know, that's just the way those things work over there. But it was very interesting to see some of the reactions. And then, of course, mixed in there that unfortunately you all too often get lost. There were some thoughtful you know, points made by people where it's like it kind of, which I think is the point you were making kind of depends on what you need, right? If Absolutely. you need somebody who's going to kind of, Hey, I got it. It's me. Like, uh, let's go. That's Jalen Brunson. If you need a little bit more, Hey, let's spread the ball around. Let's really keep it moving. Maybe a little bit more defense. Like Cal Burton's a little bit better of a defender than Brunson, just the size thing there. Then that's probably Hal Burton. So, you know, but at the end of the day, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm looking at it, I was like, Hey, this is great. You know, I've got, kind of, you know, everything I need. And what always is interesting in these competitions is who ends up falling out entirely. So far, it's been one of the bigs, right? Like yep. you said, it was Walker Kessler the other day. It's definitely going to be one of the wings kind of falls out there. And then when it gets down to winning time, like who is steps up and plays 30 minutes, you know, who is it that's going to play this? The last thing I'll say on these international games, I love the pace of the game itself. Like these games zip right by like now it can be a quarters. little tricky because you end up in a spot where it's like, uh, you know, we, we only have limited timeouts to use uh, mm -hmm. each game and you end up in a spot where it's like, man, like we don't want to give a foul and all that stuff. Cause guy, it feels like sometimes guys go to sub in and then they're sitting over there for like three minutes because there's just not, not a whistle in that. And in yeah. the FIBA refs, they're not good. <laughs> don't get me wrong. They make NBA nope. refs look amazing. But on the flip side, they also don't they don't give on the foul baiting stuff at all. Like they're like, nope, like you're 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 looking for stuff, you're flopping around, we're not giving it to you. So um, you know, it's kind kinda of interesting with that. But I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited for for this weekend and you know to to, to get into it and and watch you know the, these teams play. I don't know that I'm getting up at four o'clock in the morning yeah. uh, very, very often to get into games. But but definitely do the, that kind of second uh, window of games, I'll definitely be watching. I'll say this, too. Watching these games, it's been so jarring, and it's made me so thankful that the NBA has gotten rid of the take foul. Yes. Because when, they, when that happens, when you see teams doing it, it's so frustrating, and I'm like, thank goodness we don't have to deal with this in the, in the NBA anymore because that was essentially it, it still happens from time to time but it's punitive it, it doesn't make yeah. sense strategically to do it anymore um so it's it's refreshing to to see that and think man okay the NBA got it. a lot of times like i like the fiba rule that you can play the ball when it's on the rim and all that oh but, 100% got to change that in the NBA. Right, that needs right. to be yeah there's yeah. stuff where i'm watching the fiba game and i'm going man i wish we had that in the NBA or i wish they did this or that but when I see that take place in these games, I'm just going, man, all right, the, they, they need to get catch up to the NBA here because this is ridiculous. In my uh, annual um, Keith is, or daily, I guess, not annual, daily, uh, Keith is old segment here. I do kind of miss, remember the old trapezoid lane <laughs> yes. that people yep. used to have? Like, uh -huh. I do kind of miss that at, at times. I, it was just, I don't know, it kind of kind of was funny and it made you, you know you were watching something different so right uh, but you know just shout out to uh team usa versus the world too uh that was a that was a great video game back in the day it was made mm -hmm. by ea sports if i remember correctly and you could play uh you could actually play the dream team uh there we had to make a rule because we had too many fights no one was allowed to be team usa uh when, when we'd sit down and play that in our friend group because you were just gonna kill everybody you're so. gonna beat you're gonna win it's it's a cheat code yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it. You could, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, did that between that and Bo Jackson and Techno Bowl, man. Oh like yeah, people, like that. There was another rule we had: no, no more Bo Jackson in Techno Bowl because everybody was just kind of, you know, uh, going. I you remember two, two of my everybody. friends like they they gave each other black eyes, like throwing actual like real punches going at it over a Techno Bowl game over so, Bo Jackson. Yep, that's it, man. <laughs> you used to be able to like run all the way, yeah. all the way to the goal line, and then just turn around, run all, all the way back. way back, and then you could move circles. Nobody could yeah. catch you. There's YouTube videos of people running out entire quarters, running yeah. one play from their own like one yard line with Bo Jackson and just running entire plays. So what a great game, Techno Bowl was, like, <laughs> and what, what a great, great quirk game. in that game that that Bo yeah. Jackson is is the cheat code. Oh, man, um, you couldn't you couldn't have told me there was any single athlete better in the world. I mean, fair enough. The guy played at a high level in the NFL and the, the, uh, and major league baseball. So maybe there mm-hmm. wasn't a better athlete in the world at the time, but yeah, he was dude, unstoppable tech mobile, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good place to call it a day. Thank you everybody for joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe to the NBA front office show on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on those notifications and like this video. And of course, over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you do give us that five-star rating and review. Great way to help out the show. All right. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.